Good evening, and the Lord be with you. I have just returned from a wonderful trip to Albuquerque, New Mexico, and it was such a delight to meet many of you there. So you blessed me by being there. Great to see your face. And what has been burning inside of me these last days it is um, a text that you may have heard me speak on before, but you, you could hear me speak on it many times because it is fundamental to our living of this life that is in Jesus Christ. And so let me read the text, and it could be actually many texts. They would all say much the same thing from a different facet, but I, I've chosen this one and may it bless you as we look at it. In Psalm 92 and in verse 1, it is good to give thanks to the Lord. It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night on an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp. They are all stringed instruments. Some of them are something like a guitar. And do that, he said, with harmonious sound. For you, Lord, have made me glad through your work. I will triumph in the works of your hands. It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to praise his name. Let me say this very carefully, and I, I don't know who is with us tonight or will be with us as this travels around the world, but for many believers, this is almost foreign when I say that at the very heart, the beating heart, the very core of living our life in Christ we find the phrases, give thanks to the Lord. That spans the Old Testament. The Psalms are full of it. And then it goes over into the New Testament and is reiterated in the letters of Paul that we should be continually giving thanks. In fact, Paul says not only continually giving thanks, but he says, effect in all times and places. So he says, in everything, give thanks. And even when you are praying, surrounded by pressure that otherwise might cause anxiety, he makes very special point that when you pray, you do it with thanksgiving. This word, it crops up all through Old and New Testament and always presented as the most fundamental plank, you could say, it is that upon which everything else finds its footing. It is the first priority of the abundance of life that is ours in Christ. Let me quickly say, though it does have um, far-reaching um, meaning when I say that in the Scripture they did not have the concept of uh, how we say thanks. We we say thank you to a person who has done something for us. And so, whatever it be, um, thank you is the, the response for a favor. 
it's someone, your neighbor, or some stranger, or some friend has done something for you and you appreciate it, you, you show your gratitude with thank you for doing whatever. Well, that concept is not in the scripture. I know that's hard to understand, but they did not know that. It was not their concept of, if they wanted to say thank you for doing something, it would be more that I bless you. And blessing a person would be equivalent to what we call saying thank you. When they use this word thanks or thanksgiving, it means giving thanks for who the person is. The big difference. It's a quick to say it, but it's a big difference. And so this uh, that is spoken of here, giving thanks to the Lord, is not speaking merely of going down a long list of things that God has done in your life and saying thank you. No harm in that, but that's not this. Because you see, when someone may do something for you and you say thank you, that might be the last time you see them. Uh, there's, there's no relationship in saying thank you. It, it is showing gratitude. It, it is the right thing to do, maybe, but it's not establishing a relationship. I say again, the person you merely say thank you for doing, thank you for giving, that may be the last time you see them, or they may be in and out of your life over a period of many years here and there, but no relationship of necessity. Whereas when the Bible uses this word, it, it's not saying thank you for doing that, but rather thank you for being who you are. It is giving thanks to God because He is the incredible God He is. And that immediately takes us to a relationship. That immediately takes us into His heart, who God is. And I am now connecting with who God is, who He has revealed Himself to me to be. I do that with giving of thanks. Okay, get get that very clear in the head, that, that we are looking at the entire being, the self-revelation of God to us, and we are just overwhelmed with giving thanks to God for being the God that He is. Now, that means that this word, giving of thanks, is actually the very essence of faith. There's many misconceptions of faith. Um, many times it's mixed up with new age or the self-help kind of faith. If you believe enough, you can make it happen. Whereas faith in the scripture, it means that we have seen with inside eyes, we've heard with inside ears. The Holy Spirit has made plain to us who God is, revealed to us, in the face, the person of Jesus Christ. And we realize that in Jesus, God the Father has bared his heart. And in Jesus, the Holy Spirit has come to tell us that. And we respond by saying, essentially, thank you. That is, thank you for being who you are. Thank you for 
the the revelation that you gave to us in Jesus Christ thank you for the embrace of the Holy Spirit drawing us into that I say again the giving of thanks is essentially the highest form of faith so, so faith is not just saying I want to get something 200 times over and then you're going to get it faith is the beholding of God and saying yes that's who you are it's beyond my comprehension it goes beyond my logic but this is who you are you have shown yourself to us to me and I respond what can I respond with except resting in you trusting you with thanks of heart that you are who you are and um, you see, I I was raised, or at least I, I went through a journey of praising, um, trying to find out what it was about. Why does the Bible insist on praising God? Uh, and uh, I, I, my earliest <laughs> questions were, and I put it kind of crudely, but is God an egomaniac? Is God someone who needs us all the time to be saying you're a great God and sort of pat him on the back and then he'll do nice things for us? Of course, that's a an obscene way of looking. But, you know, as I listen to people, that's what it somehow sounded when I was much, 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 much younger. And when you realize that this is more to do with us than God, it is us who now declare our faith declare that this one is the real he is the truth and in him we rest and we do so by giving thanks when I say thank you oh God you are love right there that is faith that is believing that God is who he says he is and declaring that in terms of praise and thanksgiving so Having said that, what does this word mean? You know that I am into words, and um, therefore um, allow me to tell you what this word means. I mean, it means thanksgiving, but there are many facets to that word, especially in the Hebrew language, that help us to know what we are being called upon to do here. Um, thanksgiving the word in the Hebrew language means to confess and we must never associate confess merely with confessing sin that I think is something that grew up in the legalism of the Western Church the whole of Europe and the United States um, no 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 confess the word means um, even in English uh, confess uh, is Latin it means to say together with confess means to say together with and so when this incredible God reveals himself and tells us this is who I am and this is my purpose to do and reveal in doing who I am then our response thanksgiving is to say together with God who he is so uh, I, I have joined in the revelation of God. I've joined in the speech of God. And I am saying with him, this is who you are. And I am resting my whole person upon that. 
or another meaning of the word would be to recognize or to acknowledge that I recognize regardless of what's happening around me I recognize and I acknowledge that you are the God revealed in Jesus you are even though what is happening to me may not look like that even though my logic that has been handed to me by my ancestors and fed into by my peers and by the world opinion and that all says no 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 but I recognize the truth as it is in Jesus I acknowledge that he is the God he says he is that's thanksgiving it also means to declare the truth sound it out it's done with words and we see in a minute more than words it means to bring a fact to light that is something that we'd be otherwise it would be hidden but we bring it to the light hidden under layers of opinion of this world and and every lie that Satan can heap upon it and bury it and we bring it to light in thanksgiving now many times this was um, accompanied by the raising of hands and you'll read about that in the Psalms many times over I will lift up my hands to your name it's it's the idea of honoring another uh, we don't really do that here in the West but in the East to honor someone you would raise your hands and thus honor them uh, I think uh, the idea also in that um, is in a little child that when when a little toddler runs towards you with hands up raised and right out uh, it's saying I, I trust you I want you I love you and leaps into your arms that's also contained to the raising of the hands in the Bible also means to surrender in great delight to another. Well, it's all there in thanksgiving, in the raising of the hands, in surrendering to who he is with great delight. Obviously, we are not talking here uh, of a bored recital of facts. You know, um, this is not, you're, you're not here talking of a theological seminary and just repeating bored facts that your brain can hardly take a hold of. No, this is the joyful recounting before God concerning who I have come to see him to be. And so it is with, it's the greatest news that's ever burst on my soul. It is the best news that I've ever heard. And my response is thanksgiving. Oh, this is joyful. This is telling with delight. This is, this is ultimate excitement. This is enthusiasm. And it does involve your emotions. And that's why I read on the whole paragraph there in Psalm 92 where it says they would do this with instruments. And if you, this is pretty good. I mean, he says instrument of ten strings, a lute and a harp. Uh, but you can find other scriptures where it goes into every possible instrument in an orchestra of those days. And he is saying, blow on the trumpets, twang on your guitar, bang on the drums, let every way possible 
show your excitement and, and your emotional involvement in saying God is God. He is the God revealed in Jesus. And you'll find other places where there, there's the clapping of the hands in the beat of music. And I mean, heaven forbid for some people, but they, they danced. You, you have filled my mouth with laughter, he says. You, you've set my feet dancing. Oh yeah, this is quite a thing to, to be filled with thanksgiving. I tell you, it's in the same family as the word remember. And I, if you've been around us for a while, you know I'm sure that I've, I've spoken about remember. It's the opposite of how we understand remember here in the West. Out there in the East and in the days of the Bible and, I mean, that's Old and New Testament, remember was not trying to drag a memory from the past because you could only do that if you were actually there when it happened. But in the Bible, remember is bringing an event from the past into the present by recalling, by redoing that past event. And, and, and so how can I put it? You become present to what is a past event, but you brought it forward into this present moment. And in so doing, all of the powers of that past event, all of the energy of that past event, all the promises that spring from that event are now immediately present to us here in this now moment. And you remember Jesus said, the Holy Spirit shall bring all things to your remembrance. That doesn't mean he'll give you a jolly good memory. No, it means he will bring the reality of the God events in Scripture. He, he will bring the, the death and the resurrection and the ascension of the Lord Jesus right into your present moment and apply that to you so the scripture speaks uh, all the way through the New Testament actually uh, of us dying together with Christ being raised together with Christ that we are now ascended we now are ascended and seated in the heavenly dimension and that what happened on the day of Pentecost is now active in us that the Holy Spirit makes you and I his temple. And you see, that, that's all in the word remember. And our response then is not merely recounting in a bored voice that Jesus came and died and rose again, but rather to speak that as those that have been joined to him and are part of that and are now participating in the Holy Spirit. And notice also, uh, it uses a word that I, I brushed with a moment ago, but it says, um, declare your loving kindness. And so he says, uh, we're going to give thanksgiving. We're going to remember, we're going to declare this. And the word declare fits in with everything I've just said. It means to show, it means to reveal, it means to put something that's been on the back burner right out in front. 
It means to announce it. It means to share something that if you didn't share would be a secret and to make it public. And all this with words. Let me say this again, that to give thanks in all the ways that I've described here is the ultimate faith response to who this incredible God is and to do so in the face of my feelings that may contradict this. My feelings that have been um, dictating to me that uh, God has forsaken me, God has abandoned me, God has forgotten me. Uh, does, does he mean anything? He said, oh, you know. And, and what we call situations and circumstances, and they stand and we feel their foul breath on our face. And we know that we're, we're being pressed and pressured by the great liar with a million lies that are going around in our head. And at that time, we give thanks to God and we announce and declare who he is. And we give praise to God that he, because of who he is, included us in Christ. And we have died to this world and to all the lies. And we are now risen with Christ in the almighty energy that crushed death. And we're seated with him far above this world. Yeah. yeah. And I have been in that situation to the extreme I mean, talking life and death here. And I'm not saying this as something I read in a book last night. I have lived this. For over half a century, I have lived this. Uh, timid half steps to begin with, hardly daring to do it, thinking I've gone crazy because my feelings are telling me that I'm illogical. And it's not sense and all my ancestors think I'm stupid. But gradually over the years I come to you with the absolute authority not only of scripture but one who has lived this in days literally of life and death and discovered that in the giving of thanks, yes, in the speaking words that give thanks to God, that praise him for who he is, that the darkness collapses, that, that the darkness gives way, the lie gives way to truth. And so thanksgiving is the surrendering to the truth in the face of the pressure of lies that seem very true sometimes. And when I say surrender to the truth, the truth is the person of the Lord Jesus. And, and he is bringing to us the exact image of the Father who is truth. And the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit is final truth. Or maybe a better word to understand is reality. Now that's an alternate word for truth, reality. It's the undergirding reality. And what, what appears and what comes to us, it's, it looks real, but then we announce reality. 
So when I feel the pressure that, that says I'm abandoned, I announce the reality that I am a child of God who is our Father and He is my provider and even at this moment though I cannot see a step in front of me He prepares my path He is now working all things together for good because He is my protector you get the picture I am giving thanks to God and, and this thanksgiving is the launching of my soul into the very heart of God it sets the attitude toward life, toward today, especially if we see in a moment, he's very speaking about morning and evening, but it certainly sets the attitude. Um, speaking of this in other Psalms, David calls it, my heart is fixed. I like the word fixed. It's established. And if you're a rancher of any kind you put up many fences and you know when you put up a fence you have to dig a hole and you put the fence post in the hole and you put the cement uh, until it's immovable and that's the idea of this you, you become established you're cemented you are fixed well essentially that takes place in the giving of thanks as you walk into life you're fixed uh, this is going to come and that's going to come but you've already established it you have given thanks to God in this day your very living will give thanks to God so giving thanks is being intentionally aware awake alive to him being present to him who is always present to you now you see I, I made the difference between thanking for something as we do here in the West to the Eastern way of saying an almighty heart yes to his self-revelation you see actually when I'm thanking someone for what they've done then really it's it's sort of coming back to me I am very pleased with what you did for me and thank you for doing it for me I say this got its place but Thanksgiving as understood in the scripture it's all about him it is turning my eyes literally away from myself away from my situation and I am literally being drawn up for, for my thanksgiving is in the strength of the Holy Spirit and I'm being drawn up into the very heart of God. I'm being pulled, pulled with love into his heart. I suppose you could say that it is what a, a true embrace is all about. A bear hug, an embrace is drawing you into the other's heart. Well, this is it. Um... Or you could say that we've been caught in the gentle current on the river of his love. And so we are resting in that love that embraces us and carries us. And that is, shall I say, made real to us, is actualized to us in thanksgiving. I said this is at the very heart of the Christian life. I say that because Romans chapter 1 which is a commentary 
on the original fall of mankind in Genesis 3. Uh, Romans 1 is telling us what happened when man sinned against God. And so you can read it from roughly uh, Romans 1.18 to the end of the chapter, and it gives the downward spiral of mankind uh, having sinned. But right there at the beginning, in verse 21, he analyzes what sin really is at its inception, right there at the heart of it. Let me read it. He said, Though they knew God, and that is that they they knew mankind knew what they were doing they knew God but they did not honor him as God or give thanks I, I find you know if, if I ever had a doubt that this is is not the central issue you know giving thanks to God, praising Him, surely that's just a sort of cherry on the cake, something that uh, some people do. No, when I come to this verse, it comes right, this is, the, this is what they did, this is what Adam and Eve did in the Garden of Eden. Uh, a commentary on that, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in Romans 1, he said they knew God, but they did not honor him as God, nor did they give thanks. Thanksgiving was the original act that brought about sin. That is, they did not look at who God was and declare that truth, but rather they listened to Satan's lies concerning who God was. And what's the result of that? It says, they became, because they did not honor God nor give thanks to God, they became futile in their speculations. Speculations. I mean, that's when it's up for grabs. It's basically pretty much all the conversation you hear in this world. Speculations about what the future holds, speculations about tomorrow, speculations about the next year, and so on. Speculations about every person they know. Speculations, vague ideas that spin off out of nowhere to nowhere. That's why it says they became futile, which means dead ends, going nowhere, round and round in circles. If I do not have my north, magnetic north of my life in, in the revelation of who God is and that never changes and that is reality, well, put that out of the way and I become now, I'm lost at sea and, and all I'm doing is speculating. It could be this, it could be that, it could be this, it could be that. And, and, and I, I'm wondering in terms of action, what if I did this, what if I did that? And, and that's futility. And what happens after that? It says their foolish heart was darkened. And so you're plunged into darkness. You don't know where you are, you don't know where you're going. I've met too many people in the last six months that fit this as they're terrified of what's happening in the world today and they're darkened they don't know where they're going they have no anchor they have no north star they do not give thanks to God so think about this for a minute if 
the fall of man was because they did not give thanks that is plain I mean that statement is plain that not giving thanks is indeed a deliberate act of self-will I mean they didn't drift into that they didn't wake up one morning and say you know in the last three days we didn't give thanks no 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 this is, is saying that it was that intentional that deliberate choice whereby I am going to believe the lies that are now being infused into my head and I am going to put aside the truth the reality of the God I know they didn't give thanks well the other side of that then is that giving of thanks is also an intentional a deliberate choice to give praise and thanks to God as the lies are coming and pressuring as my flesh is attempting to send its poison gas through my system to fill me with grief depression anxiety whatever no this is deliberate is he here David is making a report and telling us it's a good thing but other parts of the Psalms make it very plain it's a command to praise God to praise the Lord to give thanks to God always in the imperative in the New Testament it's always a command that in everything give thanks this is the will of God concerning you and so on and so uh, do, do you hear what I'm saying I am not I'm not here to make a jolly good suggestion you see this isn't a suggestion I am laying before you the path of life I am describing to you what true faith is that we live our lives by the North Star of who he is and our continual response is resting there and betimes to say that to say it in his presence as praise to hurl it into the darkness as a weapon to reject the lies of the enemy and to walk as those that walk resting in faith in who he is well what is the content of thanksgiving we we've been here before so i won't stay there overly long but he said that that this thanksgiving is to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness at night loving kindness if you've been around for a while you know that the word loving kindness is not just a general word for love it, it is not a weak sympathy where you know somebody puts their hand on your shoulder and says i am terribly sorry and of course you know that they probably are but they can't do anything about it they can just say they're sorry well that's not this that God's never just sorry um, loving kindness describes a covenant love it is a love that has committed himself to you even to death and of course that was the death of Jesus the blood shedding of Jesus was covenant blood 
God said, I'll never forsake you. I'll go into death to bring you out. And so this love that is ever present with us, loving kindness, it is a strong love, strong to the nth degree. It is steadfast, immovable, unshakable. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. It is love that is utterly reliable because it's not only, shall I say, the outgoing of the will and feeling of love, but it is that joined to a covenant commitment. The nearest we get to it, certainly in terms of definition, is the devotion I use that word, devotion, of marriage. I mean, among humans. Um, the, the word uh, love, devotion, as it is defined in marriage, is the closest you get to this. Because you have all of the feelings of love. You have the will to love and give yourself to the beloved but there is added to that the component of a covenant that is when you stand and are married before God the words of the marriage ceremony are a covenant in which you, you step aside for a moment from the feelings that you're now having of love and even the words of commitment and you place them into a covenant format in which you say that I am staying with this man, this woman, until death do us part. And you put all the possibilities of what could happen in, in that journey, in, in sickness or in health, in richer for poorer and so on. Uh, we, we cover all possibilities that this is not going to be easy. We're going to face difficulty. We're going to hell and back maybe. But I'm not leaving you. I'm staying. I will never leave you or forsake you. And so we have the love and the commitment of love that then is put into a covenant covenant that that, that that says by my oath well that's this word it, it's it's more than just feeling love it's it, it's it's more than a cold covenant it is the binding together of love and God says that's who I am to you now that's the glorious heart of God's love it's covenant love covenant love is powerful love it's all powerful to do, fulfill everything that it intends and everything he promises. And so often in the Psalms, the word loving kindness is linked along with keeping. So it says he is the God who keeps loving kindness. That is, he does something uh, or he does, he's doing loving kindness. So another one is uh, he shows loving kindness always there's action and it's the word of daily life it's not the once upon a time a long time ago a covenant was made loving kindness means today he's doing what love promised to do and then he says faithfulness well we've really covered that because the two are very very close together faithfulness 
that that is um, infinite loyalty which I've already said never leave nor forsake you see our salvation hangs on his faithfulness otherwise you'd have to be checking up every day to see if he decided not to uh, but we, we are saved not because we feel and not because we think that God was in a good mood last night but we are saved because we have rested upon his faithfulness faith indeed this is another way of looking at faith in fact it's another way of looking at everything we've said faith rests on his faithfulness so our faith is as strong as God's faithfulness to who he is and what he's promised therefore real faith is unaware of itself you know those um, people who live in religious anxiety do I have enough faith do I have enough faith um, no faith is never conscious of itself it's too taken up with its object the faithfulness of God so do, do you make sense uh, uh, our faith faith rests on his faithfulness and forgets about itself I mean the faithfulness of God is that in making the covenant God swore a covenant oath upon his own being which means he was saying that if I do not keep my promise then I will cease to be um, and all of that covenant of both loving kindness and faithfulness finally became flesh in Jesus Christ now he says we we do this we we give thanks to God in the morning now obviously he's being very practical about this uh, don't try and spiritualize it away it just means what it says he says I would declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness at night so he's taking in the day the whole day and he's hedging the day with this thanksgiving now he says I'll give thanks in the morning I'll declare your loving kindness in the morning well that means what it says I mean morning daybreak sunrise but certainly before the day is formed well the day is still in its springtime while the day is still a babe it, you don't know what today holds you don't know who you'll meet today you don't know what will happen today you don't know the day is pristine it's it's like the dew on the grass in the morning like the sun peeping over the hills it's morning he says before the day forms itself before it's been defined in terms of what happens before you name the day in terms of what happens today before all of that before you know what's going to happen you declare his loving kindness you give thanks to him you get what he's saying I don't know what's going to happen today I don't know who I will meet I don't know what's coming in the mail but whatever happens today I declare that God who is love 
covenant love committed to me through Jesus Christ in my life this moment through the Holy Spirit and as I walk into this day I am upheld by his loving kindness his faithfulness ever fills my vision he cannot fail me by his own very being and I walk into this day in the strength of God himself whatever it holds and if it's a day filled with joy you need strength for that more people um, forget God in joy than they ever do in sorrow so you see whatever today holds then I, I, I am declaring at its beginning I in myself can do nothing I in myself am helpless but I am carried in his strength I give thanks to him and, and remember this is this is a, a joyous exercise of faith what what we're really doing is beginning the day recognizing that's another one we mentioned earlier acknowledging confessing that his love think of his love as a great gushing river of love that pours forth from the Father, pours forth from the Son Jesus, pours forth through the Holy Spirit, and I am caught in this river of the three in one. I am the beloved of God, and I respond to that. Yes, that is the way it is. Whatever my feelings, whatever the circumstances of this day, this is unchanging. And I, and I respond to that with joy. Or you could say this, though I really shouldn't go here. This is almost a, a blessed uh, aside. But in, in that love, that's where he names me. You know what? See, that's where I shouldn't have gone here. He names me. Uh most people don't know who they are their their ideas of themselves it changes by the hour and sometimes they feel on top of the world and that's who they are other times they're the pits and they're no use and they're unworthy and they're forgettable whatever but in my realizing his unending unconditional covenant steadfast love that flows toward me in which I am bathed it becomes I'm like a fish in the ocean it's my my air it's it's that's where I exist in there I hear him say in my innermost spirit you are my beloved child in whom I am well pleased and I, and I am named by love my name is beloved of God my name is strength in the love of God my name is filled through the spirit with the love of God and, and it's in this truth that, that, that truth that comes to me as I give thanks to him and declare it is so that becomes the lens through which I view my world this day it becomes the plumb line by which I see which is truth and which is not truth. I adjust my day to this and declare before my glorious God, before myself that needs to hear me guide myself with my tongue, 
For James tells us the tongue is the rudder by which we guide our lives. And also before the entire spirit world of darkness, I declare as I walk into this day who I am and who he is in me, through me, by me, under me, over me, around me, ahead of me, behind me. This is who he is. And, and the, the wondrous thing is that thanksgiving scatters the darkness. And I, I've said that already. Scatters. And in so doing, we take ownership of the day. We name the day. You see, to the Hebrew people, and therefore to the entire Bible, naming and names were of tremendous importance. Actually, they believed that until something or a person was named, they didn't really have an existence. And there are many people, if you hold that in mind, many people go through their day and the day doesn't have an existence prior to whatever happens. So at the end of the day, you realize other people have named this day for me. Other people. I mean, we say silly things like, you, you made me angry. No, of course they didn't make you angry. Anger is a choice that you make. Uh, and you mad made this a bad day. No, they didn't. It's been a bad day because we go into the day without naming it, without declaring over it that this day shall be a revelation of the love of God. This day shall be an adventure through all forms of circumstances in the strength, the power of the Holy Spirit. No, we didn't name it. We just sort of drifted into the day and we didn't know where it was going. We didn't know. And so it was named by our pain. It was named by our hurt. It was named by our anxiety, named by our complaining, named by our fears from the past. And at the end of it, what was it? Well, it had been named by people, circumstance, it was as if it was this blank sheet that, that could be filled with giving thanks to God and defining my life in accord with that. Instead, they put graffiti all over it and put their names and says what it's supposed to be. And yeah, the spirits of darkness are sure added to the mess. And all we have left is a, a shade, a shadow of what it was. It's named after it's gone and so we say this week, this month was a terrible month. We've named it terrible uh, and, and uh, this was a bad day or whatever. We, we named it in default. We named it because of what it had become, not by us owning it and saying this. This is the truth. This is God's day and we shall see his loving kindness and faithfulness in its every hour. And you see, how can I put it? The, we don't go to our work or to our neighbors and, and just keep saying, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I don't mean that. There are times when we in our private and most personal place before God we give him thanks in sharing what happens with other people we give him thanks it's essentially a, an attitude of heart 
that comes out through words in our personal and private the the sort of roots of our being is where we declare our thanksgiving but that how and how it puts a tone on your whole conversation how can i put it see i was raised among a people that believed in praising god though they weren't too excited about it bless their hearts it was more a religious thing they did it as a duty but i believed as far as they knew they meant it well they meant it in a church service because they sang thanksgiving to god they praised him and they spoke to each other in church with much reference to god but see as a, a kid i was in my early 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 teens a very formative time and I was watching and listening and I noted that it was the church steps the entrance to the church where you you went out and it seemed by the time people got to the bottom step their conversation and the tone of their conversation changed and it's as if they'd left all their anxieties and fears and angers and bitterness and complaining they'd left it all at the bottom of the step and once they got out of church one two three four five six steps down they picked it all up again and that became their reality until the next time they came to church it's not a judgment it's an observation as i had as a very young teenager that their conversation was in total disalignment with the way they conversed in church and the way they sang before God in church nothing fitted you understand so once they're outside the church they talk about life as if God doesn't exist and they got pretty close to those people in Romans 1 who did neither honor God nor give him thanks, but rather were futile in their speculations. Just a thought. See, the world, having refused to give thanks, they are lived, they are left with a very boring, empty life, which is centered around what is around me passing things that are true but they're here today gone tomorrow their, their conversation is filled with grumbling and complaint and denial of life and sort of resisting life um, they define themselves by the feelings they have about themselves and about their situation and circumstances and their conversation is defined by anxiety which really again is defining life by the amount of faith we have in ourselves and the lies of Satan and I find that many people in their conversation let it out that they are believing and expecting mentally and emotionally and physically the worst. Sorry, but I just listen to how people talk. And, and of course, with, with uh, social media today, that's what they call it, right? I, I, I don't really, I, I, it's too new for, for an old chap like me. Um, 
but, but when I go to it, uh, doesn't matter where I land, people, I mean, any thought that passes through their head, out it comes. And you know everything, what, what they're thinking in this minute and what they're feeling as they're eating fried eggs for breakfast. You get the whole lot served up to you there. And see, it doesn't matter. All of that, that whole world of conversation, interaction, social contact, well, wherever I am, if I have established, I, my heart is fixed in giving thanks to God, that will serve the tone of my conversation. And it will drain the anxiety and the complaining out of it and fill it instead with joy and with harmony and with peace. Well, he said, this is a good thing to give thanks to God. It's a good thing. And that, that word good, it's a word that would mean appropriate. It's agreeable. It's becoming. It's the word you'd like to hear when someone comments on a new clothing you've purchased. They say, that looks good on you. That's this word. It, it fits you. And it's spoken of more clearly, maybe, in Isaiah, where he says, put on the garment of praise, a garment, but clothe yourself with thanksgiving and praise, and get rid of that filthy garment of the spirit of heaviness. But also the word good, it has a double meaning in the Hebrew language. It means excellent, of worth, of value, a treasure. It means true prosperity of spirit and mind, emotion and body. So thanksgiving, giving thanks to God is looked upon as your greatest treasure, your, your true prosperity. And it also means that you, you have found that, that place um, are of extreme value, that which is living life in excellence. Well, what can I say? My time has gone. 1 Chronicles 23.30 says that of the heart of the people of God, David the king appointed people on shifts of through 24-7, and it says they are to stand every morning to thank and to praise the Lord and likewise at evening. So through the day and through the night it never ceased to continue giving thanks and praise to God. And then he says, well, forget the morning and evening, let it be continually before the Lord. That is the soul of the people of God and I trust it shall be your soul. I hope this has blessed you challenged you as much as it has me and um, that we go together into all our tomorrows giving thanks to God and now the blessing of God who is almighty unconditional love the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit his blessing rest upon you and cause you to rise up in thanksgiving and praise that your whole life may be aligned to him. So I bless you and so it is. Amen.